Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're talking about building your personal brand, some tips and strategies, and what it means to have a personal brand uh, in today's online digital age. You left that like a question almost, and I was going to answer it, but that's what we get to later in the show. So I know we do have some other stuff coming up. We're also going to be introducing a new segment. Yeah, that's exciting. Get excited for that. Go uh, review, we're calling it. It's, uh, uh, you know, we're beta testing it. We're implementing changes into the podcast. New year, new us. Uh, yeah. Of course, it is February now, but still new year, new us. And, uh, and kind of speaking of branding, I've actually finally gotten around to it and made an intro for quick news. So now our brand is growing and we have our intro. So ready? Yeah, I guess so. Here, First time ever on the podcast. Here's I'm ready for it. Let's here, go. We don't have to say it. Because it's all right. And before we get into it, Gabe, I just want to say that was a phenomenal intro. I really appreciated that. Uh, and, and we're not at all recording this before I've actually created the intro either, right? Uh, no, no. I've actually heard it live with everyone else. Um, no, I haven't actually heard it before. This is this does have an intro, but right? you have you have a you have such a good faith in me that it's going to be a good intro. I know it's going to be good, Gabe. I trust you. Uh, but yeah, I think we should just get right into it. This is, after all, quick news. I, do I have to say it now that we have the intro? I guess I well, guess we're just in it. Yes, we're this in is it. it. You uh, go if, first. You caught, if we caught our last episode, we talked about Samsung's new line of devices, and the Galaxy Z Flip actually started shipping last Friday, February 14th. So that's new. Gabe, you're up. Hit us with an item. Next up in quick news, we have the Canon T8i. Uh, actually got leaked out some specs on it and some rumors. Now, if you follow Canon's product naming scheme at all, this is obviously the follow-up to their T7i. And there's not really any huge improvements. The main thing is that it goes from 1080p to 4K recording. Otherwise, you know, you get like one more frame per second uh, for like snapping photos and, you know, their Digigate processor. Not much else, but we'll see this coming out the end of February at C Plus Conference in Japan. Those are great point-and-shoot cameras, uh, I guess. DSLRs. DSLR cameras, and uh, I started with the, the T2i, so that's that's fun to see for me. Uh, next up in quick news, Apple is now offering iPhone repairs from the comfort of your home. That's right. If you shatter your iPhone screen, you can now have an Apple technician come to your house to perform the repair. This is only available in select cities right now, and there may be an on-site visit fee, but I think it's cool Apple is expanding out into this repair territory. I'm glad you said in only six cities. I was imagining, you know, someone in the middle of Alaska being like, oh, I broke my phone. Let me get an Apple technician out here. Yeah, they'll just fly out there. Maybe one day a robot will do that. We'll see. Uh, next up, another uh, camera news thing. We got actually two new cameras, one from Fujifilm and one from Nikon. Very different cameras. The Fujifilm one, uh, this is their X100V or X105, actually. And it's a $1,399 camera, so about $1,400 with a fixed lens, actually. Uh, but it's kind of like has a retro aesthetic, so that's why it's really popular. It has a 26 megapixel sensor, shoots 4K video, and yeah, is you know kind of popular more for photographers, but still has the video. On the other end of the spectrum, we have a super pro camera. This is the Nikon D6. It goes for $6,500. You know, we talked about I think they had the D, uh, D850 that they announced as well. This is their even more pro sports photographer camera, kind of like the 1DX Mark III. And this camera uh, is going to shoot 14.5 photos a second with a 200 photo buffer. That's full resolution photos. It's only 20 megapixels, but obviously that's a really good sensor. 
with really fast autofocus and that will be out sometime in April. And if you like taking photos and videos with your phone, I want to say more affordable, but you know, phones are getting kind of expensive. Regardless, Byte, uh, a new application is out, is actually the successor to Vine, where you can share and record six second videos again. Uh, it surpassed 1.3 million downloads during its first week. If you loved Vine, you may be interested in Byte, go check it out on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. I, I would just, let me just make that a Byte quickly. That would be, Byte is now out for available on downloads. And then it loops. Byte is now out for available <laughs> on downloads. And then I like it, it. Gabe. That's right. creative. Moving on next, we have uh, some cryptocurrency news. If you don't know what cryptocurrencies are, uh, Google it. We're not going to get into that now. But basically, Bitcoin, you've probably heard of it, uh, recently passed $10,000 again. This is notable because it, obviously it shot up to 20000 way back in December of, oh, I mean, of 18, 2018. It was also back up at 12000 I think, in June this year. But Obviously, it dipped down all the way to 3,000. Now it's actually climbed back up to 10,000. So yeah, jumping around a very volatile market, but honestly, uh, honestly, interesting to keep an eye on for the future. If you like roller coasters, you will love Bitcoin. Yep, that's my take. All right, next up, Mobile World Congress, an event typically held um, in I think uh, Spain, where companies come together and announce their new phones for the year. Uh, this is held February 24th through 27th this year. But the event is not looking good. Many companies, including Asus, LG, NVIDIA, Sony, and Intel, have actually pulled out of the conference because of the coronavirus. So we'll have to wait and see what comes out uh, from this event and from these companies. Uh, but kind of unfortunate, but also a little exciting because the new tech. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see what actually comes of this. You know, I was wondering with the coronavirus, has anyone actually just tried drinking a Corona? What if that's the cure? You know, I appreciate the insight, but I think we have medical teams on the field right now trying to develop uh, some better solutions. Yeah, they should probably leave that up to them. All right, next up, and the final thing for me for quick news is Robinhood. This is, I guess, another tech uh, tech finance news. Robinhood, which is this app or website for trading shares that really revolutionized the stock trading market by offering, offering a fee-free and commission-free trading, they just launched fractional shares. Now, I think they're pretty much the first one out there to offer this. I know SoFi, which is another popular app, has offered something like this for a while. But yeah, Robinhood is very, very popular. If you aren't already you know, in the stock market or if you aren't already using Robinhood, uh, maybe possibly sign up now because they have fractional shares. It's very easy you know, just to put $10 into Apple or Tesla or whatever your favorite company is. And if you want to sign up and get a free stock, I'll actually put a link down in our description. Or you know, if one of your friends is on the app, have them send you a link so you guys can both get free shares. Uh, yeah, win, win, win. Uh, and yeah, that's, I mean, you use Robinhood. I use it. It's getting more and more popular. I just had my mom the other day ask me to send her a link because she's like, I want to get a free share and start. Uh, she wanted to buy Beyond Meat uh, burgers. It's, it's a great stock, way to so. uh, enter yourself into the stock market and start purchasing companies you're interested in or support. And finally, the last item on quick news today, the Sprint and T-Mobile merger was officially approved just last week, Tuesday. A uh, few details here. The merger is closing April 1st, and basically T-Mobile is essentially buying Sprint and will absorb uh, Sprint's post-paid customers. While, meanwhile, Boost, Virgin, and Sprint prepaid will go to uh, the Dish network, and Dish will sort of enter the market as the fourth major carrier. Um, and ultimately, the merger will allow T-Mobile to build out their 5G network. T-Mobile built out their low-band 5G and they will now use Sprint's mid-band 5G 
uh, to really get some awesome coverage and performance. See, the question I have here with this is I know the argument is that both T-Mobile and Sprint are too small to compete, right? It's like uneven players. Right. AT&T and Verizon are big. But I feel like because of that, Sprint and T-Mobile have introduced features like the Unlimited they brought back. They brought back so many things that are good for consumers because they had to compete so hard to even like stay alive that if you're making it just so there's three companies that are all the same size, they can kind of just say, be like, all right, we're all just going to carefully divide up which customers we'll have and then just be happy with that and not compete. It's a, it's a really good point. There is a lot of concern about it. Of course, we still have the MVNOs, the smaller carriers offering coverage but and service. Most on the of those, networks. as you know, are owned by... Well, they're not actually owned by, they're just leasing access to the networks. And I think the agreement... Okay, a lot of them are owned by, though. No, no yes. only a couple. Which, like, one, which ones? So AT&T owns Cricket, yeah. Verizon owns Visible, uh, Sprint owned Boost Mobile and Version Mobile, um, and T-Mobile owns Metro by T-Mobile, but all the other ones are independently operated. Okay, I guess, so, so I guess to a, yeah, but there's, I mean, how many people you know are using those prepaid versus right very all the very other. few they have in the agreement they have uh resolved to keep prices the same for at least the next three years yeah that's a small i don't know this all seems very sketchy to well me. i'm dubious I think of this sprint was a sinking ship like anyone who, who knew the industry well like sprint was really not looking good they their finances weren't looking great their network itself really needed a lot of improvements so i actually think this was great like this is a huge win for t-mobile it's a huge win I don't know if it's a win for Sprint if they're disappearing, but and it's going to be a win for customers because they're all going to get better coverage. And I do think T-Mobile will now be better able to compete with Verizon and AT&T. I think we should honestly just have a segment that's Gabe Gabe's uh, pessimistic takes versus Stetson's optimism. But I, anyways, this that was the end of quick news, kind of a little uh, extended there at the end. Uh, hopefully, yeah, it, it, we're trying to shorten it down, trying to make it more concise. If you have any feedback what you think we should do with that segment to make it more what you want. Let us know on our socials, of course. Hit us uh, up on Twitter at pinch to zoom pod <laughs> Yeah, probably not on Instagram. I, more, people are more about uh, adding people on Twitter than just commenting on random photos. Right, and I think we should introduce our, our new segment that we're bringing in. Yeah, this is, I had this idea basically that, you know, we both, uh, you know, make reviews online uh, for, you know, different products that we're interested in. Uh, but I thought it'd be, interesting if i could say one week task you to go out and review something that either i used and i liked and i just wanted your feedback on it or something i just heard about and was like ah, i don't want to bother trying that out i want stetson to try it out for me send me out as a guinea pig and i guess the same for you and this you, you mentioned it could be like a product or service or like what are this can the... this can be so wide-ranging so open this could be like you heard some tip about uh, you know oh try uh turning off your data when you go to bed like and it helps you sleep better maybe because the you know they think like the radiation from your phone or something might help you sleep better so i could be like i want you to try that out for uh, the next two weeks and report back on the next podcast give me a review of that or yeah it could be a product could be an app could really skies is the limit you just have to somehow loosely connect it to technology sure all right i love that idea gabe do you do you have an item that can start this segment off and, and give us an example of yeah, well we can't really go back in time and you know have you task me with an item but i you know we talked about in the last our bonus episode we had uh, of course the samsung unpacked event and i briefly mentioned that i'd gone into a best buy and actually tried out the galaxy fold 
And so we're going to, I'm just going to use that as our first I think that's a great, review. Yeah, that's great. I, I've never seen or experienced the Galaxy Fold. I've only lived through it through reviews. So tell me, what's your, what's your take of the Fold? What was your first impressions? Uh, what, what'd you think of it? Well, as you, yeah, you said you've, you've barely even seen them, like haven't tried them. They only sold, I think like 500,000 units uh, in the last, like since they released it, which to put in comparison, iPhones sold, I think around like 11 million, we figured out. I think it was or, like no, 50 million, 50 units million per, quarter. per quarter basically last year. So yeah, very small amount of, uh, of these have actually made it out to market mainly because the price and it's kind of a new thing. But so I, uh, yeah, I was in the Best Buy and it's kind of sitting there in this, like almost like a jewel at a museum, like in this locked down glass case where all the other phones are out open. You can just grab them, you know, play around with them. This one's locked down like a, like it's a jeweler who needs a key. And that's basically what you do. I originally just thought, oh, it's just for, looking at whatever uh, and then I asked one of the employees there and he said oh yeah you just got to scan this little QR code on this piece of paper next to it uh, and it will open up send an email from your email to the Best Buy store asking to set up an appointment and then basically they just do it for you right there and unlock it pull it out for you so I got to get hands-on with the fold and that's great wow I was very excited I mean for one it is it is pretty big like yeah how, how would you describe it when you fold it out it's it's amazing how big that screen is. It's because it's the same height as about you know your normal phone today, but it's just it's it's essentially square once you fold it out. So it's it's kind it's kind of weird at first, you know. But the screen is really like really clear, really well made, looks good. You do obviously still have that crease down the middle. Yeah, did that distract you or? I mean, you I, think I wasn't using it that much. It and I don't think the phone's been used also that much. It's probably just been sitting in that display, but it didn't really seem like that big of a deal. Uh, the main thing I saw that was cool was using the camera app was like incredible. Having a live view on like what is essentially, you know, this, almost the size of an iPad mini, but is a camera that's like a super good camera and, you know, has live focus or, you know, 4K video. Like, it was, it was kind of weird and kind of, you know, usually we're used to filming video or photos in a wide aspect ratio or vertical ratio. And this is just like a huge square block of a screen you're holding up. So it was kind of odd. And I, I honestly probably wouldn't end up getting this device ever. But it was it was definitely like... It was an interesting experience, I would sure. give. Sure, yeah. What, what did you not like about it? Like, what... What were you like? Maybe, maybe this isn't the best idea going forward. I think the thing I I probably disliked the most about it was just how big it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, as a phone, you know, it seems like you would want, you know, because it does have that front screen, but the front screen didn't really seem as good. I don't know. I didn't play around with it that much. You yeah, you wouldn't really use the front screen. It's more yeah. like, oh, I got a notification. Let me quickly do this. Or you just check something before then opening it up and going into the main screen, which is why you bought the phone probably right, yeah. in the first place. But I think the way they need to sell it in the future is either like the Galaxy Flip or the Galaxy Z Flip, where it's a, a regular phone that folds down to size, or that it's a regular phone, you know, and it almost exactly looks like a regular phone rather than being this thick bar that the Galaxy Fold is. And then you can open it up to be like a tablet so you can actually get more work done. That makes sense to me. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and, and yeah, like the folded out version wouldn't be the main way to use it. That would just be the, oh, now I can use it like a tablet. Uh, but then most of the time I can use it as a phone. Interesting so. idea. You know, we'll have to wait and see what comes up. Any other anything else you want to share from your from your no, first that's, review? That's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, it was 
It was, it was, I would just say go in if you have a Best Buy nearby. I'm pretty sure they all, as long as it's the big Best Buy, you know, not one of their smaller regional stores, but one of their, you know, in a big city, go try it out. Uh, and it's definitely, let us know what you think. They should have the Z Flip, uh, hopefully in stock as well. I don't know if it'll be on display, but go try that one out too. And yeah, folding phones, I don't think are really viable completely this year and, and are going to be mainstream yet. But I think probably by 2021, 2022, we'll start seeing more and more folding devices making it's always fun hands. i always love playing with tech and and that's a cool experience do you have an item you want to i do i have something i'm very excited about this is actually the thing i uh, thought about when i first envisioned uh this all right segment. what's Are what's my go review so yeah give it to Stetson, me i want you to go review tiktok okay yep. all right here we go. This is your strategy to get me on the platform, isn't it? <laughs> Essentially, the, the, you know, one thing to call uh, this episode, it could just be, um, yeah, I want you to do this. Don't give me an excuse for not doing it. Okay. All right. I will uh, report back in two weeks with my full TikTok and go he, review. And he will be addicted. I'm I'm making a bet right now. Fully yeah. addicted. If you don't see me back on the podcast, <laughs> find me on TikTok. Yeah. I do have a handle. It is at Stetsdog if you want to uh, follow me as I explore and review this platform. And yeah, I think that's a fun segment. I'm excited yeah. for my review. And I think we should just segue into the main topic for this episode. Hop on our little segues, drive over to branding. Which, speaking of, what is the Segway brand? Uh, they make, I guess, like, rideable. No, 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 I know. But what is their, what would you say is their, like, brand identity kind of? It's their like, brand identity? I, I don't like really It's like futuristic think. kind of and your... Futuristic transportation. Uh, mall cops. I, I feel like it was created for city transportation. So for getting around or faster, more efficiently. But it's in... like kind of, it's like a futuristic, you're on the cutting edge, you're, you know. Right, right. Yeah, inter- so that because the, there's always a brand with everything, but that's what we're getting into now. Uh, for you know, talking about brands, I actually looked up the origin of the, like the etymology of the word because that was was interesting. I'm to interested. Me. Yeah, tell me about this. So what would you think? Well, you know, it's probably right. It's not that much. What, of a what comes to my mind for brands and branding, you had actually brought this up earlier in the day. Is kind of like branding cattle, like that. That yeah. seems like the original use case. That's, like, yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's uh, all right. old English for brand uh burning was the first thing originally basically you would take a, this hot iron marker or the or like piece of metal heat it up in the you know where f- furnace or whatever and then you'd slap it or not slap it push it onto your cattle and you'd literally oh. sear into them your usually it'd be like a letter or a shape or like logo. a logo yeah yeah and this was the birth of logos uh the interesting thing is then i also thought about what what about the word or phrase brand new right Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, where did that come about? And that was kind of kind of from the same thing, but basically back from the same time period where you'd make a lot of things like the blacksmith or something, right? And it was there they had another saying, fire new. So it was something that was just out of the fire, just out of the furnace. It was brand new. Okay. Interesting. You know, that's that's a really a uh, good story of the origin of brand. Yeah. Of course, I feel like it has a completely different association now. Well, well and- from well from then it you know moved on because uh, it was kind of the logos that you put on a, your cow or whatever. I want to say your your shipping goods too. Like if you were a merchant, yeah, this well, is how people would know about. Well, you. that's where it came about uh, in I think like the 1800s with wine and with beer stuff you'd store in barrels, especially like in wooden crates. That's people started then branding. They thought, oh, if we were if we were burning stuff into cows. 
this is a lot more humane. This, you know, this makes more sense, definitely, wood burning and stuff. So they take their logo, essentially, is what it was called then, or insignia or trademark, and brand it into the crate or the br- barrel. Uh, and that was, you know, then what was known and what I would identify that company's goods or products. And if you liked it, you'd be like, oh, I really liked this logo or shape. I'm going to look for that more. And then that would hopefully, I guess, yeah. drive business for that brand. Yeah. So for up till then, though, it was mainly just like the logo was the brand. Sure. Has it evolved since then? Like how, I mean, how would yeah, you describe since, it now? Since then, it's definitely, I would I would say, evolved and um, grown to be this much larger thing where now we don't even call a comp like a company is a company, but we also just call it a brand, right? Right. Yeah. And, how would how would you define today's like current brand or, or what what does that mean to you when someone says Well the biggest the biggest driver in what is today's current brand probably is this guy I looked up called Edward Bernays. And he's actually the nephew of Sigmund Freud and he wrote this book back in the nineteen twenties called Propaganda. And maybe you should have called it Propaganda. No, I don't know. <laughs> that was not good. But basically, he got his start uh, actually in the U.S. government during World War One, trying to sell Europe on democracy. And then after the war ended, he realized that, I mean, what he essentially was doing was propaganda back then. And he realized, all right, is there any use for this in non-war times? And the answer was very much yes. There's companies wanting to sell people on stuff. And the biggest thing that he's known for is convincing women to smoke cigarettes. Oh, interesting. I mean, that's awful, but very yeah, interesting. Right. Uh, and so at the time, and we now there's no stigma about it, but at the time it was very much like it wasn't ladylike to smoke a cigarette. It was like, yeah, it was looked down upon. Women to see a woman smoke in public was like, sure, gosh, sure. what are you doing? So he basically had to create this idea and present this uh, future or appealing like it had to he had to make it so people wanted to smoke cigarettes. Exactly, right? Cuz up until the time like s- selling and the idea of like selling someone something was basically just telling them about telling them the prop like being like buy this piano now. Right. Or being like or it's a good deal. I feel like or sale like, or eat, value. Or eat eggs. Eat eggs every day or like stuff like that. Like it, it was not really what we know today as like marketing or selling something. And so his big thing was he developed, um, he saw that, you know, women uh, liberationists or like feminists basically back at the time smoke cigarettes. And so he thought, okay, this is like people trying to work for women's freedoms and stuff. And he got a bunch of models and like people, what good looking women. And he found out there was going to be a feminist march uh, in the city, I think it's New York City, I'm assuming. And so he told the local paper, there's going to be feminist marching uh and they're going to have torches of freedom. Interesting. And so basically, you know, they got all the, all the press there. They're taking pictures of these good-looking women smoking cigarettes that were the torches of freedom. Fascinating. And from that point on, it was basically, yeah, they, you know, that was, you know, you smoked cigarettes because you were a free woman. You believe, you know. So he created this association between an idea or ideal and uh, a product where uh, people, women, suddenly wanted to be free or, or portray that idea of freedom so they would choose to then go and smoke cigarettes do you feel like we're seeing similar things echoed out today i mean i was thinking about popular brands uh in my mind and to me brands today they're almost like people like brands have their own personalities characteristics and traits and i think people bond with those traits and that that kind of gets you to use their product or well that's um, that's the big thing that uh bernays talked about was that 
rather than that by the 1960s you know when the, uh, that was about the time like the you know the show Mad Men yes like, that was all about during that time period uh rather than advertising to you the functional benefits of the product right rather than saying this piano plays good music right, right? or or this uh, uh, rather like say take Apple for example rather than Apple right. saying this phone lets you uh the iPhone ma- lets you call people I feel like lets, that's that's a great email. reason to buy a phone. So like they and didn't you take pictures. What did they promote? Like if they don't promote the main features, like what did they do? Well, what they do is they actually let you associate it uh, with, like with the emotional benefits of the product. Interesting. So I mean, they they still you know, like Apple still says, oh, it now takes better pictures, right? But it's all about building their brand of like I'm someone who is right who is like on on with the Apple brand, which is like I buy premium products. I am. You know, I am well educated. I, you know, am a creative person. Like, there's all these things that Apple has over the years built into their brand. Uh, you know, I mean, it, the basic thing I actually pulled up was a quiz on sure, yeah, on slogans because that's. I mean, I was gonna say Nike, just do it, right? That's, that's it's iconic. Right? It's brilliant. Whoever thought of that? I mean, it's so simple and so brilliant at the same time, and so effective too. Yeah. So I'm I actually think. just gonna quiz you on just to show how pervasive slogans sure. are which are yeah. i guess the essence of brands and audience you're welcome to go along with yeah, me play if along i'm, so, I'm slower right. or don't know these <laughs> so all right first one up the happiest place on earth this is pretty easy i feel like oh man is that new zealand what? no <laughs> i don't know if you're faking or not no no i mean i was just thinking of like travel um happiest place on earth the happiest place on earth disneyland yeah there we go there it is took like, me see, it was almost like you had to let your subconscious think about it right like for people not for people obviously just listening to this Stetson kind of like had like looked into the distance for a moment and then that's like it was almost like you weren't you weren't almost thinking about it It was just like oh yeah I was trying to process like what what did I associate because I associate happy so strongly with McDonald's I had to pull myself away (laughs) from that and um, all right here's another one okay life's messy clean it up oh man I, I wouldn't have got this one actually I don't know this is like um, Tide or like see, I would have thought it's like a clean I would have product. thought like Bounty Tide or or something like that, but it's Bissell, which is a vacuum and floor oh, cleaner. I was I see it wasn't Dyson, but I also thought of a vacuum cleaner there. Yeah. Um. All right. Bet you can't. Ju- bet you can't eat just one. Okay. This is food. This yeah. is like um, French fries. I want to say. Is it? You're close. You're in the right family. It's all right. So it's I, oh my god, but you can't just eat just one. I don't. I can't. It's not coming to me. It's like a fast food or something related that I never eat. That's Lay's why. Potato Lay's. Oh, you're see? pretty close with fries. Let me do. Let me pull up one more. That's really. I feel like. Yeah, this isn't really proving your point. Yeah, just, I know. You're just highlighting how uh, how how little I know about brands and how I'm not following. Some of the major players right now. The best a man can get. Is this like uh, K Jewelers or something? No, no, the best a man can get. For his girlfriend. No, no, the best a man, man, a man can get. What do you... Men's clothing. This is a men's clothing. What's a, what's a men product? What do men have? Is this Axe deodorant? Facial hair. Yeah, so what... Like a razor? Yeah, which razor? Oh, this has got to be Gillette. Yeah, there we go. There we go. This is that's embarrassing. My grandfather worked for Gillette. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, there's I mean there's there's plenty of more uh like examples out there, but it's like let's just take the Gillette one for example. The best a man can get 
what is that showing you right with that? Uh, well, if you're a man, it shows you're masculine. It yeah. shows you're the best high quality performance. You're, you're, well, and also if it's saying this is the best a man can get and you're using it, obviously you're smart too. You're smart. You're the you're like the best man. You're like you know your stuff. Yeah. So I mean, there's yeah, there's so much in a slogan alone. But what goes into creating that whole identity now behind it? Because thanks to social media, brands aren't just a slogan. They're a whole. They're an identity. Yeah, that's yeah, identity that's living and breathing with the company as they do things online, as they tweet out, as they whatever they do. I, I think this relates back to my idea that, that brands are essentially people. Like I've written down uh, Nike. I, I associate them as they're it's a fast person. They're motivated. This is a person who's athletic, driven, doesn't procrastinate. Yeah. They just do it. They just go in and get it done. And similar to what you described, Apple, like Apple is a thoughtful person, a creative person, also a, a perfectionist, but simple and functional and i think they build these companies build up their brands as personas and people who identify with or want to identify with those similar qualities and attributes will then buy into the product to let other people know like oh that person's using an iphone they're sophisticated that person's wearing nike clothing like, yeah they're driven they're athletic um and it, it people they want to uh see their best selves lived out through the products and i think um, that's almost what we saw with the marketing of the the Samsung Impact event, where the Z Flip, you're the bleeding edge. You're the per the person uh, that turns heads. You're the the tech enthusiast, and they create these associations that um, like they want consumers to have when using the product. The emotional benefits, which is what you mentioned, I think it's clearly proven to be effective because it seems to be. Uh, proliferating across the the advertising landscape and marketplace yeah i mean the number of people that you know for if you're an iphone i mean i i say I, we talk about apple the most i think because a it's a tech company uh and b they're just been very successful at this the fact that like people go back i mean i'm one of them you know year after year buying an iphone and granted some of it has to do with the fact that they you know they get you in their ecosystem a little bit and it's it's you have the idea oh, it's hard to switch and stuff like that You've grown used to it, so it's hard to but really, go away from it. I think you want to be the cool person using well, the new well, iPhone. Really, I would say the the big thing is rather it's not the switching of like, all right, I have to transfer this over. It's the fact that you'd have to switch your identity. If you switched phones. Right, yeah. If you go from an iPhone to an Android phone, for example. Whole new person. Who are you? Unfriended, <laughs> blocked. Yeah, people just start. Kicked out of the group chat. You go up to say, hey, mom. She just walks past you. You're like, mom, what is it? I don't talk to no Android user. Wow. Right? Like, it's harsh. I mean, it's, it's kind of like that in a lot of ways. And I mean, there's the big polarizations, you know, in the in the world of tech, like Apple's, like Mac or Windows. Right, right. Xbox, PlayStation. What are some other big ones? Ooh, um, like the rivalries? Well, not, not rivalries, but like, like there's Sony or Canon. Canon or Nikon, like the different brands or GoPro. Like GoPro is a great example of how they're really like a way of life they're almost trying to sell you right they're trying to sell and i right. actually i really noticed this i made a, i went out to oregon in uh october to film you know just to travel for one but also i i brought along the new gopro 8 and filmed a fun video out there uh and i was thinking about like that trip was so much it was a really awesome trip mainly because i was trying to do stuff that like i felt would look cool on camera and like make a good gopro video and by doing that, I ended up doing things I probably wouldn't do. Like I, I went mountain biking like 20 miles down this great trail. I did some awesome ATV riding, you know, 
stuff that I, I, I mean, I like doing, but I might not have pushed myself to do because I thought, ah, let me just take the rest day. Uh, I did because I was like, this is like a GoPro. I'm living the GoPro way of life. I love that because as someone who doesn't own a GoPro, I almost dream of purchasing one like, oh, this will be so great for all my future trips and vacations that I'm going on. When the reality is I'm not going on trips right now. I'm not really planning vacations. Like I'm not doing anything exciting, interesting, or GoPro worthy, but yet I have this idea in my mind of how I would use that product or how I could use that product or how I would suddenly transform and be this amazing adventure person. Yeah. I, I think I think that's uh, some of the power of today's um, advertising and, and branding. Well, it's, it's kind of a way to try to um, like change your identity rather than through like actual stuff you're doing or like uh, you know your past accomplishments or stuff. It's through like more emotions and feelings, right? right? It's through like I feel like I am the type of person who is active uh, and and you know works out and stuff. So I buy a Fitbit or I buy an Apple Watch to track it. Or, you know, I feel like I'm a, a photographer who's more inclined to do photography and stuff like that. So I buy a Nikon versus a camera, Canon cause, or Sony because those are more for video, right? Sure, sure. That makes sense. Who, who like, What are some of your favorite brands today or who do you feel like what companies have positioned themselves well or, or done really great uh, branding strategies? I think one that's an interesting kind of pivot in recent years is DJI, right? Okay. They were, you know, first just drones. Then they started adding drones with cameras. Now they're doing cameras that are really just state. They're doing like stabilized cameras. And so it's like smooth video is basically what they're offering. Smooth uh, video on all land and air. But they've the, the thing is, they've very carefully gone from, you know, this company. I'd mentioned DJI to any person into electronics and they'd be like, that is the worst pieces of crap. They fly away constantly. You know, the Chinese no no help after you know after you buy it like if you right, need no customer help, service no customer yeah. service it's awful now they're almost like the apple of drones it's true like they've done a great job they've made themselves the premium product you know they've made like you feel like you're buying a good product you can tell yourself emotionally ah oh, i feel good about buying this product you know i feel like i'm have a, a better product than other people like all these emotional stories you can tell yourself when you buy their product and use their product are all careful steps that they took in the past, uh, you know, to position themselves there. Right, right. I think, you know, some of my favorite brands, uh, Patagonia, for example, they're positioning themselves uh, like super environmentally focused and mindful. I love what they're doing. Similar to Allbirds, they're a wool shoe company. And again, I think they've done an amazing job on social media and uh, the CEO positioning uh, themselves, having consistent messaging being mindful of the environment, their their impact. This actually, you're bringing up a good example of how uh, companies, brands have to respond to uh, consumer demands, right? Sure. So yes. there's been a recent consumer demand, uh, and people have been leaning more towards like green energy, you know, being good for the planet, being, being sustainable. sustainable. Yeah. And we've seen these companies now come out of it who are, you, you know, for example, if you buy. Uh, Patagonia products or if I know we like peak design for example and they just got registered as a B corporation and give back 1% of their profits to uh, the you know the, help the earth you know if you're buying some of those products like that that are have that value and that feeling with them that they're sustainable then you feel like I'm being sustainable I'm being good for the earth you know uh, you know beyond meat for you, example. yeah you yeah. feel good buying the product like yeah. 
you know, oh, wow, I'm doing something great for the environment. I feel good. I look good now that I got a new Patagonia jacket or I yeah. got new wool sh- sneakers on. And yeah, you know, it, it relates. And then you kind of communicate outward with your clothing like, oh, that person wear pa- wears Patagonia. Like they're more mindful of the environment or that's something that's uh, in a core value to them. Uh, so that's a lot of, we talked a lot about like corporate brands and stuff. Do you have any, do you have suggestions for building a, a personal brand or? Well, before we moved on, I actually wanted, we were talking about like positive things of corporate yeah, brands. Right. I had this going back to, uh, Edward, uh, Bernays. Yes. He had this in his book, Propaganda. I just want to read this one quote out. All right. That's Hit me. Like, this is super, uh, I don't know what the word is, but dystopian, I guess we'll probably say. All right, so his quote is, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling ruling power of our country. That's a scary And he goes on to say that basically they form our tastes, mold our every purchase, every decision, and they're just this invisible, invisible group of people doing wow. it all that we'll and, never know the faces of and it's like the the top one percent of the one percent like well it's not even necessarily that it's it well, could be just you know a marketing manager or head of some company and they're not necessarily that high up, well i but, mean like the companies themselves like oh yeah only the the wealthier companies with the advertising dollars to make these con- or subconscious shifts in the right, consumer right, mindset yeah. like how, how many people are consuming the product how many people are associating with that company those are the companies that have the biggest influence and so, like yeah, the in biggest reach yeah so like the super bowl commercials we just had that like those right. are the companies that um to some degree have some of the largest power in consumer behavior consumer mindset um and and things like that so that's that's a yeah, deep I mean, insight well, one way going back to robin hood yeah right they're uh you know uh introduced free commission free trading and it spread across the whole market because what people realized and, and, you know, Schwab, Fidelity, all these older brokerage firms realized is they were losing a ton of customers to Robinhood because Robinhood sold this thing as, hey, trading stocks should be for everyone. Right. right. That was this thing. new idea. Yeah. And then everyone's like, yeah, of course it should be. And that became the new expectation. Yeah. And then the other company said, all right, well, I guess we either got to die. Or- Thanks, Robinhood. Yeah. But, but actually, that that that's a big win for consumers. So thank yeah. you, Robinhood. Yeah. So there's some there's some goods and some bad things, but it is kind of this idea of it's out of our control. Sure, but, but it to, it is in your control. What is in your control is your own personal brand, right? Building your own brand. So what Gabe, what are your thoughts around building a personal brand? Do you do you have suggestions or how do you wait? Are you talking now about like if I want to market myself to the yeah, world sure. or I mean, how I? talk to my how i think about myself internally because that's also those are two great right points. it's like your own personal identity and brand to yourself uh but then also your brand to the world i i mean i feel like the most what most people associate with personal brand is yeah. how they are outwardly how they outwardly communicate okay. and, and portray themselves uh so maybe we can start there in in terms of because you have a brand right you started digital tech reviews and tips and would i mean do you feel like that's a brand <laughs> i is don't like, know I, I i feel like the name is so generic. I hate the brand. Uh, okay, that's that's one thing. That's probably a hard thing to have. That's like if if Nike was like, we really hate our company's name, but we like everything it stands for. Oof, yeah, that'd be tough. So then it's, uh, but yeah, I think so. Starting a brand, or or turning yourself into a brand, which is what we see now with all the social media, right? You have, uh, you know, Logan Paul, uh, Jenna Marbles, or right? I don't know who else. I'm going to talk about. There's so many people. There's so many people who have who are like micro influencers you know who might have 
50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, even like 10,000 followers, and they still have a good amount of influence over people because they they sell their own brand and people like want to be like, oh, I want to be like that person. So Right, right, you know. yeah. So uh, I guess like my take is two strategies here. One, you could brand yourself your own name. Ouch, sounds painful. Or, <laughs> yeah, okay, not like that. But uh, Or you could create kind of your own brand or company and... Um, you know, I would I'd be very mindful of this because one quote I have here from Warren Buffett is that it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. And I think he's absolutely right where if you build a company or a kind of a third party brand, so to speak, that you then operate through or you start a, you start a business, um, you know, if something happens to that, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world. It might be the end of that company, but you can go on and you can start different things. Whereas if you brand your name and somehow that gets tarnished, like that can be really negatively impactful. So I think you do want to be mindful of that. Um, and if you brand your name, you want to really set uh, core values, a good foundation, be authentic um, and kind of build yourself up in terms of thinking long term and have a long term strategy for that. That, I mean, that's my take. Yeah, I mean, let's I, the person who really comes to mind, uh, honestly, this isn't really into branding, but more in like the online harassment and the doxing that we've seen, you know, in, in recent years. But it goes back to the OG of this, which is actually Monica Lewinsky. I bet you never saw that name coming. I did not see that <laughs> name coming. But she was, you know, at the time, she was just this intern at the White House, basically. Uh, and she had what was essentially just you know, an extramarital affair with this, the president, you know, it's still, he's just a person. And it's something that in, you know, if it happened in France or, you know, a European country, they'd be like, ah, that is the way we do it. You know? <laughs> but no, oh, no, only one, like, you know, it's, it's just a normal thing. But here, you know, she got so villainized, she couldn't get hired places. Like she considered, you know, killing herself, changing her name. Like there was so many things. It's just awful. Like, cause it, her public brand, was yeah that was what you know who, who she was portrayed as in the media or in the public world but that was also like who she was in a daily life so her friends never some friends just never spoke to her again because they figured oh that must be true wow right yeah so it, i in that way yeah it's so hard um in the public sense to separate you know if something goes wrong but also it's just it's a weird space to be in if you're like you know being an online personality uh it's some stuff i feel like starts to bleed back into your own life like say for example you feel like you know you're getting all this reward of like people are commenting oh i love i love when you uh you know when you're so bombastic and so out you know just like you know you go around yelling at people in your videos for example like in sure a prank sure stuff, and people are commenting oh that's the greatest right and you're getting all this positive feedback um and then you just start kind of doing that more in your life where you're being like mean to people stuff like that and your friends are like hey yo why are you doing this you're kind of changing yeah, you know, I guess to me that kind of loops back when you're when you're building your brand or anytime you post online, that's basically your personal brand. Like that is you communicating what you believe in, uh, what you value, things like that. And I think when you get started, you really want to take time to think critically about what your values are, um, what your mission is, or, or what motivates you. Like what's what's your purpose? Oh, it's like the story is a big thing with brand. Yeah, exactly. What's so the like, story that's behind? you know, this part of your brand or, or what's the story that's behind the creation or the purpose of your brand? Right, and how will other people tell that story? How will other people share that story? 
Um, and I think you also want to go with, uh, go with the flow, like go with what your natural talents and abilities are. Like if you're trying to, to build your own brand, uh, focus on what your strengths are, focus on what makes you unique, what you can contribute to, uh, what tends to be a very saturated online community right now. I mean, there are millions of online users and I think you just want to focus on, uh, your strengths because everyone is different. Everyone has their own strengths and, and talents and, um, if you're able to capitalize off of that, I think that can help your brand uh, be kind of stronger, more well-known. And isn't that the hardest thing to do when you're starting is the natural tendency is to be like, I want to be like everyone else. I want to blend in, right? I right. Don't, oh, gosh, you know, I got to make my video exactly like this person. Or, oh, gosh, I, I want to write my blog post or make my website look like this one or, you know, just fill in the blank whatever you, for whatever your specific content or area is. But the real thing is, it's more, I mean, yes, it's fitting in is good to, to, you know, to a degree, but there's so much more value in finding what makes you different and marketing that finding what makes you better, finding what makes you appeal to a different group of people, to a different person out there. Also, I think being genuine, like people, people buy from people, not from typically companies. And so if you're able to really present a, a genuine, authentic experience and, um, people are able to relate with that and connect with that, and that helps enhance your story. I think that's a great way to uh, build up your own personal brand. And then kind of relating to what Gabe was talking about, uh, becoming an expert in your field. Like if you feel like uh, you have knowledge or talents in one area, uh, maybe take time to really dive deep into that and explore that and uh, become uh, become an expert. And we actually have a podcast talking about what it means to be an expert, and uh, we dive more into that topic, which you can take a listen to. But I think becoming an expert, demonstrating your authority and your knowledge and your expertise in your your chosen area or topic, um, I think earns you credibility, respect, um, and but you but you don't really have to actually be an expert. Is the thing. I mean, this goes back to our. You don't. You just have to present yourself as an expert. I guess as long as your brand story is that you're an expert or that you know what you're talking about, or that or that people who listen to you then know what you're talking about or maybe you just have fun and like you don't have to be an expert yeah. uh, technically expert but uh be an expert on having fun or an expert on having an adventure or uh creating an experience or something like that um i guess it kind of loops back to just being unique and, and finding what sets you apart and what is something you also just love doing yeah i mean i let's go like i was thinking let's try to identify some like for youtube or like personal people online who have big brands my first one of course was casey and i said i thought of yeah you know i actually had him down so he i want to say did two things he built a personal brand around his vlog his daily vlog his personality his charisma uh, his energy his um carelessness with the camera to some degree but i also think he built a separate brand 368 and yeah. that's where he had a very clear split between his personal life and is more business professional life. Yeah, I would say his uh, personal brand definitely, you know, it's his whole story of how he started out as a filmmaker. You know, he didn't, you know, was trying hard as a kid. Uh, you know, his brother and him made some shows for HBO. And then he just started that one a day thing, vlogging every day, which is a very inspiring thing. And so you feel like if you're watching him, you've been through that with him. You're, you know, in on that whole, all right, got to get on that grind every day hustle type thing that, you know, so many creators and so many just everyday working people are, are feeling, right? And now you see him achieving success and it feels like very inspiring to be part of that journey and to be like able to, you know, join him or be a part of that, brand, of his brand. 
Right. Yeah. I think that's a that's a great uh he's a great YouTube personality. I guess for me, like Marquez Brownlee, he's yeah. been a huge uh inspiration for me personally. And I think, you know, it, it's this kid who started out, he just loved technology and uh reviewing anything he could get his hands on and communicating it uh in a great manner with the world. And I think to some degree that's a that's an appealing story to some people. And uh you almost I wanna say connect with people doing the things you want to be doing in in some degree. Like I think a lot of creatives can relate to Casey because they want to have that, that drive or they want to be able to tell their story or, or or get creative with the camera and they can do that. uh, But then they want to find their own way of doing it. That makes it different. That makes, that makes them stand out. That makes you stand out um, and kind of uh, makes your content enjoyable and you can find your own story to tell. Yeah. So I think personal brands, are more about I f- at least for me I feel like they're more about inspiration possibly uh you know you're kind of looking at like you're not ever looking at Amazon being like I want to be an Amazon when I grow up right right or, or a Jeff Bezos I mean do you want to well, be a but Jeff that, Bezos? that's that's different though I'm just, I'm saying like you're not looking at Apple being like I want to grow up to be an Apple like or maybe you are uh teach their own but it's more likely that you know if you're an athlete you know you're looking at Tom Brady going like I want to be a, you know, be able to grow up to look like him. And then you're reading his books, maybe, or like looking at his workout regimen or, you his know, diet. Yeah, his diet. And you like learn everything about him. Or if you want to be a comedian, maybe you're studying, I don't know, Ricky Gervais or uh, Bill Burr or someone like that. Right. And and saying like, oh, this is how they, you know, they went to this theater school. Uh, they, you know, studied for this as a kid. So you're really participating. You're kind of mirroring, trying to look at what they did and get feedback on your own life. and and justify what you're doing uh give yourself hope and yeah it's it's a powerful thing it's it's inspirational and i i love that i think that if you're able to provide inspiration to others through uh through your story i think that's that's a great way to to build your brand build your identity um and to to help people and and feel pretty good about that and uh the brand can can be separate though from yeah know. it's true like you could I feel like, um, you know, there are some people who start companies that uh, that are they're behind, but they still kind of they live through the core values of the company in both their personal lives and through the the company. And I think that um, one one thing I'd ask is now this is gonna, this is kind of personal. How has like you you're on your channel yours is Stetson Doggett, right? Yeah. How has I'm that not. affected? Like, I mean, you're not if someone were to look at your YouTube channel. They'd assume that you turn off the camera and you keep talking about cell phones. You're just going, oh, T-Mobile this. I mean, and that's, that is... That's actually true. Unfortunately, that is... Or not unfortunately. What? Wait. Uh. Okay, what? Whoa. <laughs> Are you saying I shouldn't be talking about cell phone plans? Well, okay. Sometimes it's... No. That, you know, that is true to a point uh, because you are... It's often, you know, self brands, you know, your brand identity of your person often are formed out of some truth within yourself. Right. You know, and some passion or some... Thing, you know, something something original, hopefully, because as we talked about, people like genuine stuff. But to what degree have you noticed as that, like, as you've gotten more more views online, has it just over t- overtaken your life? And you really, your parents go, hey, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, oh, team, like T-Mobile, the new iPhone plan better than, and you're like, what are you? Oh, gosh, that's an. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I really do need a, a bigger outlet for tech because I feel like I could talk about it more. Um, But to the to your point, to, you know, answer your question, I think. Having my channel named after my name, I kind of went through phases. I started out just for fun, 
and it, you know it was me it was organic and then you know as i started making money on youtube that was like whoa like this is a great opportunity and i kind of focused more on that and now i've circled back where i really want to be more genuine more authentic and uh, create content that i'm passionate about like my goal right now is to help people save money on cell service and yes, it is great if I'm able to make partnerships and make that work out where I can do this full time and not have to go to work. Um, but really, that's my goal. And I want to make my content reflect that goal. Um, and I'm that's something I'm, I'm focusing on. It's it's definitely true. Like, I have to be careful about that. And that's that's why, like, if for whatever reason, uh, something happens like that, that is my name. So I want to protect that, build that up and have it earn respect and authority in, in, in the world of cell phone plans. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, mine's kind of different because it's digital tech reviews and tips. Uh, and I, and I'm, but it's somewhat similar, but I would say I also, I, I have a friend who uh, is, I mean, well, we both know someone who, um, you know, is doing, doing very well on YouTube. I was like over 200,000 subscribers. Uh, and he's, you know, his stuff is comedic stuff. You know, he does based off his, you know, whatever his own personal humor. And I've, I've known uh, people, you know, saying that he's struggled a lot and I've talked to him about how it's hard for him to feel like, uh, where do I draw the line between, you know, do I just become this person that the internet wants me to be and just do that 24 seven or where, where do I, you know, find that balance between my brand, I'm the brand and who I am actually. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and then also, are you actually just the brand? Maybe that's just who you are and you just give into that completely. Or I mean, I would almost hope ideally that, you know, when the camera's rolling, you just are yourself normally. But it's true. Like, typically, you want to be uh, super excited or extra funny or do something um, a little bit more extreme just to get a reaction from the audience or keep them engaged, keep their attention. And that that can be stressful. That can be hard where um, you're maybe doing things for the camera you wouldn't normally do or you, you kind of become a different person almost. Uh, it's like a TV personality. But the camera is just rolling so much more frequently. Well, than... And also, I was going to say, yeah, the difference is rather than just one person creating it, right? Where on YouTube, it's just you oftentimes or the one person, the creator. Uh, TV or movies, right? There's a whole set of, all right, there's the cameraman, there's the lighting person, there's the person doing your makeup, the person writing the script for you. Like there's this whole host of people creating this personality or this brand. So, you know, oh, I can't possibly i could like for example a movie role that's a brand right that character sure yeah and the person playing it the actor clearly knows that's not me well, well sometimes they don't they some, go full, I mean, sometimes full daniel day lewis that's like an acting strategy right where you just embody that character full time for however long you're acting on set right yeah i mean that basically killed uh what heath ledger though like he went so dark into the joker that you know so it's it's i i think it's a very it's a tough thing to play like play with that line of where do I begin? Where does the brand end? Um, and it also has to do with what is your story that you're telling yourself, right? Yeah. What am I projecting into the world? What am I telling myself? Yeah, you actually mentioned that earlier. Do you do you have tips for like what to tell yourself or? Um... Well, one thing that I I listened to this uh this story or this or this book called Atomic Habits, and then I was also I can't remember the author's name. I think it's like Jen. It's Jen something. Sorry, that's not. It'll be in the show notes. I'll put I'll put it down in the bottom of the show notes. <laughs> and she has a, a bunch of self help books. And one thing that she was talking about in her book and many other habits forming books we're talking about uh, was the fact that to become like rather than than saying you know 
oh, like if you're trying to improve your sleep, right? Be like, I'm, I have trouble sleeping, telling people that and be like, oh, I always can't, I can never go to bed. A powerful way to change that is to say, I'm the type of person who goes to bed uh, at a regular time at night and I sleep eight hours and then get up in the morning and feel rested. Like it's the power of, you know, changing your brand, your essentially your brand identity of yourself to yourself is so powerful that you can literally change your habits over. Well, not maybe not overnight, but it's a really power or like being like, I want I'm the type of person who works out every day or, you know, I'm the type of person who doesn't eat unhealthy food or who eat, who who eats healthy. Right. And that just having that vision can, you know, help dictate and help you work through your decisions rather than actually weighing, oh, but will the benefit of the gym really help or will it won't? It'd be like, no, of course, that's who I am, though. I go. I love that. I feel like it taps almost into your subconscious. And I actually have a book right here, Brian Tracy Goals. One one key strategy is when you're writing your goals, you write them in the present tense as if you'd achieved them. Like if you want to earn a certain amount uh, per month, like that's your goal, you would say, I earn like $4,000 per month. You say it as if you've achieved it. And uh, that's almost like what you're saying. You you create or you tell yourself you are this person and then it's almost like the imposter syndrome like you're put in this uh place you maybe don't feel like you fit in but you tell yourself you do and then you find you actually do fit in and you kind of fill the roles that that you tell yourself saying fake it till you make it i think exactly and that's like you you can do that that's a very real strategy and and rather than you know taking a brand like gopro or fitbit or apple and saying oh that's who i am and then you know, an existing brand and be, and kind of going into that and being that you're just saying, Oh, this rather than like a company, this thing or this type of person or this archetype that I aspire to, that's who I am, even though it's not a specific person, specific brand or whatever, but you're creating it. And then you're, it's like, you're like, I don't know, like you're building a house and then going into it. And that's who I am. Yeah. I love that. It's like, you're creating a, I don't know, an exoskeleton or a shell. And then you like, all right, I'm ready to go. And you just get in it. And uh, And you roll out. That's I was going to say, I just just looked up the name of the person. I couldn't remember. It's Jen Cincero. All right. So check out, uh, check out her stuff. If you're interested in, you know, like kind of your self identity, self branding, stuff like that to yourself. Yeah, I think self help. um, But it's a very interesting, we could honestly go on forever in this area. And and actually we are, this is the new infinite podcast. (laughs) How I wonder what the longest podcast on YouTube is actually. I feel like Joe or, Rogan, his go for like two to three hours. Yeah. It's it's insane. But we actually do not do that. So oh, I think it, I think it is time to to wrap it up here. Um, follow Pinch to Zoom podcast at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Twitter at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Instagram. You can email us Pinch to Zoom Podcast at gmail.com. and we now have a website Pinch to Zoom Podcast dot com. So you can check that out. Um, and what, wait, yeah. what is our uh, Pinch to Zoom? podcast what is that brand our brand is we are a tech podcast where we zoom in to the latest tech news products and trends i don't know that's so the type of person that listens to this is obviously a very cool person cool person smart person tech enthusiast absolutely genius the best person that you'd ever want to be like funny comical this, this person is the person that's listening to this podcast that type of person great person And yeah, that's going to be it. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Do the company brand list is uh, shutting down. That was obviously a horrible business model. (laughs) They did. They literally made their brand not having a brand and are now shutting down.